0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: Despite of a lot of uncertainty in the broader economy, contractors have at least a somewhat optimistic view about the federal market. That's thanks in part to a big influx of federal spending initiatives since the start of the pandemic. But vendors still see big challenges on the horizon, including increased competition and new demands to comply with federal regulatory requirements. Those are some of the findings from Tech's annual Clarity study, which surveys hundreds of government contracting leaders each year. Dan Fiorentilli is senior product marketing manager at Deltek, and he joins us now to talk more about the findings. And, and Dan, let's start at the the very high level view of um, of what this year's study actually tells us about how companies are feeling. Let's start with uh, your your confidence index. What does that tell us about? How companies are feeling about the market, and, and compared to past years, and some of the reasons behind that.
0: Yeah, so this year's confidence index. I'll I'll unpack a, a little bit of the methodology behind how we how we arrive at the sure. at that index score for you. But the index, essentially, it uh, measures the overall confidence that contractors have that they can grow their public sector sales over the next twelve months. So for those out there who haven't seen our index, it's it's measured on a scale of zero to two hundred. And uh obviously zero is indicating kind of the lowest confidence level. A hundred reflects kind of neutral confidence and then two hundred would indicate the highest level of confidence. So for this year, our confidence index score is one forty one point point seven. Um, and so that does represent a 1.1 percentage point increase compared to last year's score. So last year we were at a 140.1, but it's important to note a couple of things. This year's score is actually not the confidence score is not as high as it had been in the pre pandemic years. So just as a, for example, in 2019, the score we got was 143. Uh, So I think uh, our read on this is that that score for, for, for this year uh, reflects that contractors are kind of feeling cautiously op- optimistic uh in the face of um, you know what what's a, a worldwide pandemic uh, a potential u.s recession uh, and then you know with the ongoing conflicts overseas and some of the some of the challenges um attached to that um, so there's i would say there's still a fair amount of optimism heading into the year but not quite not quite as high as in uh, previous years
1: and let's talk a bit about challenges what what came across in this year's survey as some of the biggest ones that companies are facing this year
0: yeah so um, in terms of the top challenges I think it's important just to just to say I mean the the government contracting industry and this is reflected in the in some of the metrics in the report has shown some pretty considerable resiliency uh, through the past two years you have there's new government initiatives. There's legislation. There's funding sources that are providing a pretty healthy business opportunity, despite overall turbulent uh, economic conditions. So I'd say, um, you know, our survey always does look back. Uh, in 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 some ways, it it does. It looks back into performance for 2021. It also looks ahead to the rest of 2022 um a lot of businesses told us that they outperformed their financial expectations and that they did better than they expected so for as a for example there uh what was reported back to us was a 15% median profit profit margin excuse me and that's across all contractors which was actually the highest in 10 years so there was there there's certainly a lot of uh positive things coming out of the report but there's definitely as you look through the the results some pretty Key themes that are emerging, uh, and I'll just I just want to mention three of those sure, here right yeah. at the top. The, the, one of them being increased competition. So, for example, one in three respondents told us that they're perceiving increased competition as a as a critical challenge. In 2021, uh, we're also seeing labor and talent challenges that are, you know, talent shortages, the Great Resignation. Uh, these seem to be impacting nearly every department, and so. When we go out, we survey a number of different personas, uh, business development leads and project and risk management leaders, financial leaders, a number of, a number of others, human capital leaders, IT leaders, and um, pretty much across the board, uh, we're hearing that those labor and talent challenges are, are showing up as major impacts. And then the final theme is just, just like complicating factors, things like supply chain uh, challenges, Managing the distri- a distributed workforce and then, you know, new compliance requirements that have emerged are kind of becoming ingrained as kind of realities to doing business in in, the, in 2022.
1: On that distributed workforce point, I, I found that a little bit interesting, even even taking your point that, that some of this is a little bit backward looking. But it was interesting to me that companies even a couple years into the pandemic are still kind of struggling to get their arms around how to how to manage the new realities of this workforce. Can you expand a little bit on, on what they told you, the specific challenges they're facing workforce wise are?
0: Yeah, so I think on the talent side, what we're seeing is the, those talent shortages popping up. Well, what does that mean and what are they gonna do about that? I think what what the what the survey told us is that a lot of contractors are looking to update their hiring and their retention practices. The, on the IT side, for example, as a for example, we we heard talent gaps are kind of a top challenge for coming into the year. You know, again, we're, we're seeing that across the board. Uh, but I think that it's what we're seeing is that contractors are, need to and are starting to get creative. I think this is good news about, you know, how they backfill, how they account for some of the departures that are happening. And so, you know, it's pretty clear that, companies are they're willing to invest in finding and acquiring top talent, but they're trying to be selective about how they do so and how they deploy those funds to do so. So as a, for example, a human capital specialists indicated that one of the things they're looking to do is actually increase incentives among their existing employee base. So just going, tapping their existing employee base uh, for referrals, 49% of those we surveyed told us that that's a top initiative for them. Um, There's a lot of companies, 47% told us that they're hiring new leadership. Uh, Another 45% told us that they're um, looking to hire more recruiters, uh, and really fewer are outsourcing that recruitment. That number was down at like 33%, which is, is probably, if you think about it, a more costly way of uh, of going about doing it in fact the the largest companies it was really half of the largest companies told us that that they're more inclined to actually outsource uh that recruitment so there's there's definitely a lot a lot going on in that area around you know kind of around hiring and around retention that that uh contractors should take note of yeah, and one of
1: the, one of the other things that came across in the report is um, finding new IT talent, specifically, as as you kind of as you mentioned briefly a second ago, is is one of the biggest challenges in the IT space there, which I think is directly connected to another section of the report that talks about regulatory requirements. Some some of that challenge and that that demand to hire good IT folks is driven directly by requirements like CMMC, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, one of the things that we have in this year's report is, you know, and, and the question there is like, well, you know, what do businesses need to do to implement those CMMC requirements and to properly address all the new, all the new regulations? We actually heard in this year's report the majority of companies is fifty nine percent acknowledging that CMMC requirements uh, do apply. To their business, which is which is good to hear, because it's it's coming, and and contractors need to be prepared for that. And so, eighty-three percent told us that they're planning to achieve level two or level three certification, which um, in the long run will be to their benefit, because it's it's going to allow them to compete for more.
1: And we we certainly won't do justice to the to the the full study here. But one other area I wanted to get into before we closed is how companies are responding to things like contract consolidation, which has obviously been a long ongoing trend in the federal government. Seem to be a pretty big theme in this year's report in terms of the challenges that companies are seeing. How are they responding
0: to that challenge? Yeah, I agree. Um, absolutely. Consolidation to be kind of a an imminent uh, reality, both for last year, but for for this year, for the rest of the year, particularly as it you know, pertains to those government-wide contracts that are managed by the managed by GSA. Uh, we actually did ask specifically around um around contract consolidation. Uh, we asked for firms to identify, you know, given all the consolidation that's out there, what are your top, you know, kind of capture priorities? And we uh, we have some pretty interesting results around that. The most most uh, popular response there was actually um, focusing on strategic teaming initiatives, um, which applied to nearly uh, nearly 75% of the of the survey population. Told us that they're going to be focusing there, with another 50% telling us that they're going to be investing even more in business development. What was notable there is that small and medium-sized companies uh, were really driving the tendency to lean even more heavily on teaming, whereas the, the larger size companies uh, told us that what they're going to have more faith in is just making kind of broader investments overall to business development. So the, the contract consolidation is something that we're going to continue to be uh, continue to be tracking here.
1: Dan and Chili is Senior Product Marketing Manager at Dell Tech. We'll post a link to this year's Clarity Survey at federalnewsnetwork.com slash drive.
2: Hello, I'm WIPA CEO, Shane Canfield, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Lessons in Leadership. I'm honored to be joined by Angie Bailey, founder and CEO of Anunda Life. Angie has a remarkable career in public service, beginning as a GS2 clerk typist with the Social Security Administration. And over the next 40 years, Angie steadily worked her way up through the government, ultimately becoming the Chief Human Capital Officer at the Department of Homeland Security. It's been recognized with presidential rank awards by two administrations for leadership, innovation, dedication, and commitment to the country. Angie, thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you, Shane. What a pleasure to be here.
2: Angie, you've made quite a name for yourself as a leader in the federal workforce. Who was the first person you remember looking up to as a leader, and what about them inspired you?
3: You No, I often think about this because, you know, sometimes we think of the people that we look up to the most is being somebody that throughout our career has you know, been at the highest levels and all. But I, you know, I've got to go back to honestly, whenever I was 10 years old. And uh, I remember I really wanted to play Little League baseball on a boys team. I was the only girl. And interestingly, it was the women who would keep saying to me that, no, I couldn't play. And then one day, whenever I was there to sign up yet again, uh, there was this guy, his name was Delbert Beiser.
2: Tell us a little bit more about your background from the beginning, and and how did that lead you to where you are today?
3: Well...